Good morning, and welcome to a fresh episode of Music to My Beers. I am Zach Miller with Warren Cluck. We hope you're having a great Sunday with you until noon today. And we've got our beer, we've got our chit-chat, and we've got our music, some tunes for you. Yeah, the weather's shifted. It's a. Uh, it's been a great week. Has, so. it, has it, though? Well, I mean, dude... <laughs> This is better beer drinking than weather than, oh, I don't know, say a month ago. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So this is an exciting time to be a beer enthusiast. And also, I don't know if you've paid any attention to the uh, some of the concert announcements that have been coming down the pipe and all over social media, but like big festivals are starting to return for music. So one w- that would lead one to believe that big beer festivals are headed back our way. We've got one. I'll, I'll include it in news and notes today, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to May at this point. He doesn't want to surprise you early, but he's looking forward to May. It's called a tease. <laughs> that, is your, that is your music to my beers. Phrase that pays for Sunday. He's looking forward to May. May. We have two entire hours of craft beer chit-chat and enthusiasm on tap. Thank you for joining us here on another episode of Music to My Beers. Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers. On Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Welcome back. Now, officially, we are, I think you could say, deep into April, staring down the halfway barrel of the month, maybe. Man, I am looking so forward to just warmer drinking days ahead. Ones, and I'm not just talking about, like, the the highs that we get in the mid-60s, almost close to 70. I'm talking, like, the days where it's like, I've got to take my shirt off and enjoy this beer hot. <laughs> so, so we've got rollerblading downtown, Zach, and now we've got shirtless, Zach. Yes. You know, shirtless in my driveway, yeah, Mich- smoking something, Zach. Michiana, there are many different drinking Zachs you may encounter on your uh, your voyage. I'm excited, too, because, uh, and I don't know if it was the result of the pan- the long pandemic we had, plus the, the winter months and everything being dark and cold and awful, but... That first, about like four weeks ago, that first couple of weekends we got of sunshine and decent weather, even during the week, it took a team of wild stallions to keep me from cracking open some cold ones during the week. But there's something, I don't know if it's a combination of my age, the pandemic, or all of it, but I'm more excited to drink in warm weather now than I've ever been, especially with these last, you know, we've had some 70s and uh, some temps in the 70s in the last few days. It's like... Yeah, dude. Summer's here. I'm excited. I don't know why I've decided that sunshine and alcohol go to what go together better this year than others but they they seem to it's got to be the pandemic it's got to be the fact that your first vacation happened just this past week and like how how long you know you guys have taken a, a few times here and there but like last year it was like nobody took a vacation nobody went anywhere flights were canceled things came up and so you know i i gotta believe that it, it was a little bit of of everything like with the pandemic, and then also now we're all starting to get, I, I got vaccinated, you got vaccinated, we're all wanting to get back out there and enjoy life, right? Well, as a fully vaccinated man, Jealous. Uh, you saying that you're fully vaccinated is a little offensive, Zach, because you're not, your second shot is still for a couple of weeks, so I do. <laughs> you can't quite come to my cool guy club meetings, but uh, I am excited because uh, right the day before you get your second shot, my wife gets hers, and we sort of agreed that once once she's done and she has both of her shots and we're both good to go, Mm-hmm. Then we're going back out again. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, you know, obviously be careful where we can. But then we're gonna we're gonna go out and hit some craft beer uh, spots around town, some some breweries, and 
just get back after it a little bit and feel normal. Uh, are you guys going to do any like day trips, like go up to Michigan or go east out to like places like Goshen or Elkhart or someplace? No, I'm I'm pretty fortunate in that uh, I've got one brother that lives in Muskegon, Ooh. and on the way up there, so there's Pigeon Hill. There's a couple of great breweries up that way. And then one of my brothers lives in Kalamazoo, about half a mile away from Wax Wings. Oh. And I feel bad because I'm like, yes, I'm planning a visit to go see Gary in Kalamazoo. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm also going to spend three days ahead ordering from Wax Wings so I can pick up my stuff and come home with it. Oh, that's a good, good, really good idea. You're, you're, that's there. There's some planning that goes into that, and I think that on. On the flip side, when you come back, you're going to really enjoy some of the, the brews. Yeah, and one of my sisters just moved to Wisconsin. I was there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, now I have an excuse to make a jaunt to Wisconsin for New Glarus and some of the things you can only get up there. Thank you, by the way. I drank ah. I drank some of those. You uh, you gave me three beers from your, your recent trip up there, three hard-to-get beers, and I really appreciate that, too. The New Glarus, that, that spotted cow, it just hits differently. Yeah, it definitely it. it uh it's funny because they serve it everywhere. It doesn't matter the crappiest bar you're in in Wisconsin. I think we were in La Crosse once uh, four or five years ago, and there was a bar that I'm pretty sure wasn't even legally allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. But it was open, and they had you know your standard awful beers, but then they had New Glarus on tap. And, oh. uh, yeah, it's, it's great. It's got that nice like sort of horse blankety bitterness toward the end. Mm. So good. And it, but it's like crisp and clean and refreshing, too. But I also think it'd be like, it's going to be one of those beers like Yingling that once it's available, like the second we're allowed to get it at our local, we're like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. So they ah. should just do whatever they can not to like mass produce it and release it everywhere or like have like ABs, AB InBev come in and, and buy it all up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting. I do want to tr- check out because there's a strawberry rhubarb New Glarus that I've seen available. I haven't had my, a chance to get that, but there's that. There are a couple other ones. I think there was a barley wine they had up there the last time, or when I was up there, that I didn't have room for to bring home as much as I wanted. Is theirs? Have you had that strawberry rhubarb? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Because um, I had a strawberry rhubarb tart beer from Silver Harbor up in, in Michigan. Now they're going to be available in this area because United's bring them down. And that, that drink's pretty good, especially for the summer weather. Yeah, they're up in St. Joe, right? I think so, yeah. Because they were at the Roll Out the Barrel beer fest that we were at uh, a couple yeah. of years ago. yeah. That's super fun. Yeah, it's just it's it's exciting that I get to travel not very far, and uh, we'll run down a list a little bit later on. the uh, The top craft beer cities in America were released earlier uh, <gasps> earlier late last week, so we'll run down those because we're within driving distance of two of the biggest. Yes, like two in the top five. We can take an easy like one tank trip to. So we'll talk about that here in a minute. And uh, Zach and I very excited that spring weather spring outdoor drinking weather is here <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm gonna get home my wife be like what you talk about the show I'm like how excited i am to drink outside i can't wait that's all i want to do it's really funny because sometimes we'll be uh we'll be cranking out new like little like music to my beers things we've got some older ones uh stashed in a file somewhere and i trip across them the other day i said broadcasting on the only dry day of the week and i thought i remember those days when the shelf first started you couldn't get beer on Indi- you know on sunday Man, and the terrible planner that I am, I'm like, I'm bound to be out of luck. And so I'd have to go up to State Line Liquor or somewhere up in Michigan and, and pick up some stuff real quick to bring back down eastbound and down and whatnot. We're going to play a little game of Googling. Uh, I mentioned it a minute ago that this uh, last week the top 10 beer cities in the United States were released. Okay. And I'm going to read you the city, and we're both going to Google and come up with what the big beer attractions are in that city. Okay. Some of these we're going to know right off the top of our head. Some we're not going to know. Okay. Uh, uh, and this information, again, is uh, it's USA Today, so psh, 
They know. Where's their data coming from? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number 10 on the list of the best beer cities in the United States for 2021 is Charlotte, North Carolina. Ooh, Charlotte, North Carolina. I bet um, New Belgium's there, as well as uh, Sierra Nevada. And um, what am I blanking on? There's there. uh, I think Oscar Blues. Charlotte Breweries. It's home to uh, Salude Beer Shop, which was just named the best bottle shop in the entire United States. Okay, I'm way off. So that's there. <laughs> a, a married couple uh, owns it. They're the, they have, so the city has the best beer shop in the entire uh, U.S. Wow. That's uh, impressive. Yeah, as far as uh, I know, Free Range Brewing, I'm seeing Heist Brewery, Legion Brewing. So I'm way off. Where... Where am I? I think so. Charlotte, North Carolina. You're, oh, you're thinking I'm thinking of Asheville. Asheville. That's South why. Carolina. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So, Charlotte, North Carolina is number ten. And this is and uh, USA Today took a, it's all the craft breweries they have, the beer they have, and how good their tap rooms are, and you know craft beer scene altogether. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Number nine, and I'm sure they're always in the top ten, is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, Milwaukee is a great place to go. You were just up. Up near there because you said your sister moved up to Wisconsin and Milwaukee's got Milwaukee Brewing, which by the way, the last time I took a tour there, it's like a one flat fee and I want to say it was less than $10 and you got four full pours on the tour, which wasn't even that long. And the other one that we went and did was Lakefront Brewing. I'm looking down the list of all the breweries just in the immediate downtown area. There's Mobcraft Beer, uh, Broken Bat Brewing Company. There's the Milwaukee Brewing Company you were talking about, Lakefront Brewery. Good City Brewing downtown, Wizard Works Brewing Company. Wow. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot to do. The best thing is they're all clustered down together, so it looks like they're all more or less within uh, a 4 or $5 Uber ride from each other. That's pretty sweet. I'd like to actually go to Miller Park again because I went one time when we accidentally bought Chicago Cubs tickets when they were playing the Brewers, and we're like, wait a second, the Cubs are at the Brewers. We made a mistake, but we had to drive the extra hour and a half, and so we went up and made a day of it, but you could do a really cool trip up in Milwaukee for a good long weekend. Milwaukee is the ninth biggest craft beer city in the United States of America. Uh, number eight, Fort Collins, Colorado. New Belgium, hands down. Are you just going to guess New Belgium every uh, every city? Uh, I, I've been out to Colorado. I flew in uh, to uh, Denver one year for a wedding for my cousin, and Fort Collins, um, I remember New Belgium. That was where they got their start. Odell is out there. Um, New Belgium is out there. Uh, there was one other one. Um, Avery. Avery Brewing Company. But that's more out of, I think, Denver. Yeah, and uh, one of the breweries that's out in Fort Collins, Colorado, is Crooked Stave. And I've never had any of their stuff, but I've seen a lot of people online say they have, and it's all fantastic. So that's one of those beers that, you know, I'll get maybe one day. But there's Funk Works out there, Red Truck Beer Company, uh, Horse and Dragon. There's a ton of them. But it's all, again, really clustered downtown. They have a great craft beer scene. And one thing I've noticed, too, is all these uh, top 10 craft beer cities, their cities over about 200,000 people, so you know, about 30%, 40% bigger than the uh, the South Bend Metro. Number seven on the list, and now we're getting into Zach Miller's hometown of the best craft beer cities in America, Atlanta, Georgia. Really? Oh, wow. Well, well, who are they naming off? They better put OutRun in there. Your brother's brewery. Yeah. Who, Did they not? So, so when I yell Atlanta craft beer, what do you think? Besides your brother's place, what are the big ones for for the ATL? I the think Sweetwater's like the biggest, and that's got to be the biggest by far in the state, just because they've been around for the longest. Terrapin's another big one, but that's more Athens. Um, Creature Comforts is another one, also outside of Atlanta. But when I think of like 
downtown Atlanta. I think of Monday Night Brewing, New Realm. New Realm is the same guy. He invented the IPA um, and was the head brewer at Stone Brewing Company. He eventually went off with some old Bud reps, reps that are mentioned in that book that we read. And they worked for Budweiser, and then they got up to VP status, and then they, they actually took their money, and they ran, and they opened up New Realm, which is right on Atlanta's Beltline. And if you ever go down to Atlanta, go on the Beltline, because it's all walking rollerblading or bike riding. (laughs) One of my my, low-key favorite things about this show is that you and I read a book four years ago. We still talk about it. We're like, this one craft beer book we read. (laughs) It's the only one that I'm going to ever mention. Uh, Orpheus is another Atlanta brewing company. What's the list say there? I think uh, it's all all, uh, clustered, but it's a bunch of hyperlinks to go uh, explore. But also, I think Atlanta is one of the most southern as far as the eastern United States craft beer hotspots, I know that you can get down to uh, to Tampa, but I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, number six on the list, and this is the last one we'll cover here because we're running a little bit long, okay. is uh, we're going to head back to Colorado. Denver is the oh. sixth biggest craft beer hotspot in the U.S., Cra- sixth best beer city, according to USA Today. They have so many good ones. They've got Great Divide there. They've got uh, um, Epic. They're, if you go just north, too, have you been out to Denver? I have not. Ooh, if you go just north, go to Boulder sometime. Boulder Brewing Company was really good. And also, that's where Celestial Teas is. So if you're looking for something that is non-alcoholic and hot, you can go and take a tour of that, because that's what I did when I was out there. But Boulder's a cool town. It reminds me of Holland, Michigan, actually. Really? Yeah. They've, it's, it's like uh, the streets... Nobody really drives down the streets. Everybody kind of walks through, and they've got right. a bunch of little shops and stuff. It's just like every small Michigan town. So there's 10 to, uh, we're coming up to number five. We've got Charlotte, Milwaukee, Fort Collins, Atlanta, Denver. We'll get into the top five, uh, two of which we can get to uh, in a matter of a couple of hours. Okay, let's do it. And now, a thinly veiled reason to talk about more alcohol. Let's take our beers to the movie with music to my beers. B-Movie! Welcome back to the show. This is a uh, little point in the program where we like to pair movies with our other great love, alcohol. And uh, we take a movie every week, we review it, whether we've seen it or irresponsibly, if we have not. (laughs) And then we pair it, or what we think it might be, with beers and a rating system. And then we call this the The B-Movie. And because we're in that spring break window, Zach has selected a... uh, a slice of cinema going back to 2003. Oh, my goodness. And I think I actually, I don't really remember seeing this when it came. I don't, I know I didn't see it, but I don't remember seeing it coming out. But it was right around the time that uh, reality television was all the rage. I mean, re- you have real world, road rules, this, that, and the other. But also road the Bachelor's Challenge. Oh, all those shows. But also, like, The Bachelor started up in and around that time too and we had american idol that was uh, the reality singing shows so this one was actually a reality film that was about um 16 american teens between march 13th and the 23rd in 2003 celebrating their spring break down in cancun mexico and i'm sure it's it's wild i I mean yeah murray uh same people that do uh, Bunham and Murray Productions. That's the same people that do Road Rules and yeah, Real World. Yeah, and the, the Real World. They actually invented reality TV with the Real World, but they're also behind Total Bellas, Project Runway, 
Oh. Yeah, like probably about a third of all reality television <laughs> shows ever. <laughs> hey, you got a reality television concept? Sell it to those guys. Yeah. They'll, they'll pick it up. And don't feel bad about not seeing it. This movie cost uh, this movie cost $7.5 to make. It only made $5 million at the box office, so pretty <sighs> much nobody saw it. Yeah. I, I, I remember when it came out, but I did, and I think my buddy actually wanted to go see it, and I was like, yeah, we'll get around to going and seeing that sometime, but I don't know. I I just, there wasn't really any draw for me. So what are you going to give it? <laughs> I'm probably going to give it 12, a full-on 12-pack. Wow. But uh, something something easy, something, something really nice. Um, when I was down in Cancun, it wasn't Corona. I'm going to give it 12 Modellos. And I'm going to fruit it with a lime. And actually, ooh, can I take that back? I'll allow it. 12 icebergs. So an iceberg is where you take the beer, they pour the beer, they mix up the uh, margarita, and then they pour a little bit of margarita on top, and it sits on top of your beer like an iceberg. Very spring break. I'll Zach. do twelve of those. Yeah, uh, I remember when this movie came out. I didn't, again, I didn't see it. I didn't know anybody that did, but I remember thinking, "Oh, reality movie. Why would you want to see this?" Uh, the film was nominated for worst picture and worst excuse for an actual movie at the twenty fourth annual Golden <laughs> Raspberry Awards, and it lost both Razzies to Geely, which. Up until that point, it held the title for the absolute worst movie of all time. Oh, wow. <laughs> this, this looks terrible, and I think in order for me to get through this, uh, and there, I know there, there is a cameo by Snoop Dogg. I saw that much of the trailer. <laughs> in order for me to get through this, I would need to be high as hell, or in this case, I'll take the next best scenario and do four Waldo's Special Ale 2021s. Whoa. The dankiest of triple IPAs, because uh, not only do I, do I want to be drunk watching this, but I don't want to remember having seen it after I uh, awaken from my nap. Yeah, right. So there it is, your reveal. My personal favorite part of the show. Zach's personal favorite of the show. And I think maybe one day, probably around Christmas this year, maybe we'll do an all-split one, Music to My Beers, where every time we crack the mic, boom, we split a beer. That would be awesome. That's a lot of uh, beers. It's like about nine beers, right? I'm excited for this. (laughs) This week, like I was last week, because Zach uh, Miller has taken on the role of designated big spender here on the program the last couple of weeks. And uh, this is the second in a two-part series. Uh, I got excited about this, and if you missed it last week, I was at the liquor store, and I found it, and I was like, well, that's got to be the price of the four-pack, right? That's not for just one 16-ounce can of this. And it is, in fact, after checking the website, it is the price, and taking it to the register and everything, it it, it, it was about thirteen ninety nine. And I know that you I've it's been a, a good long time that I bring something to the table because you have had beer shipped here from places like Portland and Washington. And, um, you know, you shared some good stuff with us. You've paid a pretty penny for that four pack, <laughs> but now I, I think this, this one might be the most expensive at 1399. I don't know. You think? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tie. So uh, tell us about this beer because I'm I'm getting thirsty just looking at it. Last week's was fantastic for this brewery, so I'm looking forward to this one. Omnipolo, and they're a brewery out of Belgium. This is the blueberry, blackberry, raspberry, strawberry, maple, maple pancake, lossy goes goza. Um, so last week it was the peanut butter jelly lossy goza. This week it's the pan maple pancake. Loans and buried Lassie Goza. All right, I'm ready, man. Crack this open. Fire in the hole! And there we go. Yeah, they've done a great job. And I know that when you go to a to a bottle shop or wherever you buy your craft beer at, a lot of times it's like your eyes come come darting at you know whatever the biggest brightest can or color is. But man, their cans and colors are awesome. 
that is really what attracted me to it. And I, I looked at the canon, and I was like, ah, that's, that's interesting. And then I started following them on Instagram, and I'm like, okay, everything that they make looks like it comes out, and it's like juice. It, it kind of reminds me of, um, what is it? Is it Windmill Brewing or... Um, yeah. What was the other one that... 450 North. 450 North, yeah, where it's kind of chunky and stuff. This one, they've done a really good job of uh, not including the fruit. It clocks in at 7%, um, but man, it uh, pours like... Almost looks like grape juice. Yeah, it was a lot like last week. And again, we looked up uh, Lassi Goza. We didn't find out a whole lot about the style, so... uh, Is that some chunk coming out there? No, oh, just just you taking your time pouring, broski. Smells so fantastic. Yeah. All right, let's talk you more drinky. Take a sip and tell me what you think. Well, no. No. This is also gotta, this is also beer you want to have nothing to do with if you have white or light carpets. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you're definitely going to need something to get that out. What do you think of that smell though? First off, straight up maple pancake, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you get a heavy maple nose, which is kind of a, a it's a bit of a, a mind screw because you're looking at it and it has the body, the flavor, the look of grape juice. It looks like you're drinking a kind of a heady wine almost, but then you take a, a whiff and you get the maple. What do you get on the taste? Oh my goodness. That is like pure maple syrup mixed with fruit. Like you get the blackberry and the raspberry. It's a little tart. Oh. Mm. What do you think? It reminds me of that, uh, what was it, Violet in uh, Willy Wonka? Mm-hmm. She, she was chewing the gum, and it was like, oh, you get, you know, you get everything. You get the pancake and sort of that, almost that breadiness up front. You get a heavy, heavy maple nose, and then you get all that on the taste, and then it comes with just this crushing berry wave of a finish. Oh, my gosh. I know that the tartness on the end almost makes me want to come back for another sip, because it is really, it struck me as... Super sweet up front. Yeah. What was the ABV? 7%? Yeah. It's sour ale, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, strawberries, lactose, sugar, vanilla, and maple syrup added. They're not totally like knocking you down with it being like I would have expected like a 7 or a 11% from this, but 7's good. Yeah. And it also, this go this explains a lot about why these beers are so expensive. One, it's imported, but two, that's a lot of raw materials that go into making this beer. That's true. And I know with craft breweries and brewers, you got to like figure out what your profit margin needs to be to uh, make it worth your while. So they were like, hey, $14 a can, that's the price of the import and all the berries and everything. We're going to dump into this. And maple syrup isn't cheap either. The uh, the Talking with uh, Chris and Eric up at Bare Hands, that was one thing that I never really realized about the, the brewing that goes into the kind of the cost for the beer is the fact that they get, they, they were telling us the story the one time of how they went to the store and got like the real strawberries because... They they had to get all those cartons and stuff, and now they they buy them by the pound, and um, you know the, the, what's the going rate? I mean, it always fluctuates the market, but that's that's a lot of fruit. You all right? Yeah, I, I get that. Um, after you drink orange juice and kind of get that flemminess, yeah, that's what I'm getting right now from yeah. from this. I mean, it's a good flemminess. Yeah, this is it's a weird flavor combination, but I mean, it, it works obviously because that kind of flavor would work great on a plate. It works great in a glass, but it's just it's something else to get the maple and feel that pan and taste that pancake. But then look at something that is essentially looks as about the body of Welch's grape juice. Oh man, that's really good. If you've seen the last blockbuster, that you remember when they show the uh, staff picks and everyone was talking in the in the documentary about this is you know Steve's picks and Paula's picks. 
They're the taste makers of this video store. Well, Zach and I were the taste makers of this here beer show. Whether we're good or bad, you decide. Here's Zach's picks and my picks, and uh, we'll go around the horn and each throw in three. Okay, sounds good. Um, you do yours first, and I'll sit back here and sip this amazing, super expensive can of beer. Oh yeah, um, Lagunitas Little Something Something Ale. I'm gonna throw in there first because I didn't realize this at the time, but it's an American wheat beer, but. The thing that throws you for a loop is the fact that it's hoppier. So I really enjoy um, that because it's it's not like your typical Blue Moon or Oberon or anything that you're going to get from a wheat ale. But it but it has some lightness on your tongue, but I like the hot punch from that. So I'm throwing that one in first, especially because we've got the warm um, air and and uh, temperatures coming in, coming in hot, hopefully. Fingers crossed over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to also add in the Dogfish Head camp amp and it's uh it's a s'mores inspired milk stout they brew it actually with marshmallows and graham crackers and cocoa nibs and vanilla beans Mm. it's only 6.5 percent okay so typically with like stouts you're thinking okay i'm gonna get up into the eights and all the way to 11s but not this one this one comes in at a nice sessionable 6.5 and then last but not least is one that i thought was perfect for um some drinking we our buddy steve um our buddy Crash Car yes. dropped off some beer. Yeah. And um, it was from Duclaw Brewing. And that funk, that blueberry citrus wheat was perfect. That that reminded me of something that I would like I'd like to drink by the pool. I'd like to drink it uh, if I'm going for a hike this summer. It was just nice and refreshing and delicious. So those are my three that I'm gonna throw in. And I am going to throw in three as well. The first one on my list, and uh, it had been out for a while before I finally got around to uh, to t- check it out. It's available. It was available at my store first in fifteen packs, and that was too big of a commitment to me before I decided to jump in. But they started carrying sixers of uh, Moon Rambler from Founders. Oh yeah, which is their. Uh, it's an IPA brewed with milk sugar and. If you're unsure really how the milk sugar factors into the equation of a finished beer, that's a great jump-off point because you can easily taste and uh, and tell how that milk sugar adds a little bit of uh, thicker body but also softens out the back end of that IPA nicely. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's soft. It's soft, and it's it's also really, really cheap. So it's uh, easily available, and you know it's, it's a nice thing. I like those things that Founders does and some of the Twelvers from Bells and even from Three Floyds and War Pigs because... It's a great way to kind of fill out your war chest. <laughs> there, there, there were a couple of times over the course of uh, last summer and into the uh, the fall where my beer fridge, I got a bigger beer fridge this year in the garage, and it was filled with four packs of everything different I could possibly find. Mm-hmm. So you have a couple here, a couple here, a couple here, and then you get whittled down to just calico beers. And eventually I had nothing but 16-ounce cans of, like, wild stuff. You don't always want to drink that, and sometimes you want to just cruise on the same thing all day. So it's it's a nice, you know, pick up a 15-pack of Moon Rambler. It's a nice thing to keep around. Especially if you have friends coming over, because, you know, sometimes you, you want to share in the same beer with friends. And I've noticed that, like, you just don't want to, you, you don't want to be like, oh, well, you have this one, and I'll have this one. Or, yeah, like, or you, split. you have one, and you're like, wow, I wish I had two or three more, but you can't because you've only been keeping, like, one of every four-pack you get. Right. Yeah, well, beer idiot problems. <laughs> uh, the next one I'm going to throw in is a uh, friend of the show, Moto Foundry Hank, went down to Cincinnati on business about a month ago and brought me back some stuff from Fretboard Brewery uh, Brewing Company. I'd never heard of uh, Cincinnati. To me, is always you know Ohio Rheingeist, 
And I've never heard of fretboard, but they do some tasty stuff. He brought me back a couple of things. And the one that I like the best is called Peso in My Hand. It's their take on a Mexican lager, and it's got a nice little bit of lime at the end. But it reminds me that like that that style of beer drinks really good. But I was drinking when the sun was out. But also, oh, yeah. that's a good like Mexican Mexican style lagers are great uh, session beers. Mm-hmm. You could just crank at them uh, all day long if you felt like it. Uh, those are good lawnmower beers, which we're gonna have to start doing here soon. <laughs> mm, yeah, lawn care, lawn care, good times. And the uh, the next one I'm gonna throw in is uh, from our buddy Crash Car, and this is funny. I would buy this beer if I saw it out, and it was just on a shelf, regardless of who made it or what was in the can. It's also from Duclaw, and uh, it's called a regular beer. And it's a white can with just a regular beer written on it, and it is a straight-ahead, just regular beer. And it it tastes great, man. Another another crushable can. It, it was very crushable. I had that one a couple weeks ago, and I just, man, it went down so easy that I was like, you remember when you were a kid? I got another one. And this might even be before your time, but there was there was the uh, the name brand groceries and then the bottom two shelves in every store were the store brand. Oh, yeah. Back in the 80s and early 90s, the store brand, they put so little effort into it that the labels were all just, it was like, you know, baked beans is what it said on the can or, you know, rice is what it said on the bag. There was no There was no, like, sexiness put into it. And it reminded me of when I was a kid and I was eating all the generic cereals and <laughs> And, you know, can of corn. It was just a regular beer, no hype, and it was fantastic. So, we uh, owes. Yeah. Moto Fondry, Hank, and Crash Car, thanks for your contributions to the Pick 6. And, uh, hey, if you'd like to give us a beer to review, slap into our DMs, homie. Yeah. Uh, landmark show we've had today. Earlier in the program, last hour, we uh, we started running down the top 10 craft beer cities in the U.S., and USA Today decides this. And there have been some, sh- more or less, it's the same 10, 20 cities every year, but they just kind of shuffle positions. And uh, they just released a list for this year of the best of the best. And Ooh. So the top five now we're getting into, because we ran down uh, six through 10. Atlanta made the list. I was surprised with that, because Atlanta, for the longest time, had not been a craft beer town. Um, Charlotte, North Carolina has, yep. Denver has, Fort Collins has, um, what else am I missing from that list? Milwaukee. Milwaukee has yeah. forever. Oh yeah. But yeah, it went Charlotte, Milwaukee, Fort Collins, Atlanta, Denver, and number five, and this is one of the first top five we can drive to pretty quickly, Indianapolis, Indiana. Whoa. Is the fifth best craft beer city of the United States. Well, that throws me for a loop because I would have... Yeah, I would have put something else in front of that, but that makes sense. They've got Sun King, they've got Metazoa, um, they have half, no wait, not Half Acre, it was Half Cycle from, um, it's now Rad Brewing Company, and I don't yeah. know why I'm blanking on the name. That's right, because they uh, they either shut they shut down or they rebranded, right? Yeah. Um, I think that happened last summer. Rad Brewing used to be, uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking. I'm totally flat twelve, flat twelve. Beer works. Ellison Brewing has a uh, has a setup down in Indy now. Oh, yeah, and they make fantastic stuff out of Michigan. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we there for a while. You could only get stuff like from them up in Michigan. We can go over the border and um, stop by a, a craft brewery or a craft beverage shop up there. So Indy, easy to get to, the fifth best craft beer destination in the U.S. Number four, you're going to have to help me out with, because I saw this list and I thought, I don't know any beers that even come from this place. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is number four. Oh, Philadelphia breweries. You know what's funny about Philadelphia? I'm going to actually get to know more Philadelphia breweries. Yards comes from there. I got Yards because a buddy, uh, Rob, who used to work here, he brought stuff back because his family was from the East Coast. 
And my sister-in-law now lives in Philly. So we're going to plan some trips out there once everything kind of settles down. And we're going to go out there and visit sometime because she used to live in New York. They moved out to Philly. And there's a lot of breweries that I have never been to in that neck of the woods. Evil Genius Beer Company is one. Yards Brewing Company. uh, Love City Brewery. Second District Brewing Company. Um, So I need to ask her where we're going to go when I visit. She's got two kids and, and a husband, so they can take us too, but... I don't know. I'm not familiar with beer law out in Pennsylvania quite yet. So. <laughs> Can children come? What am I? I'm just a I'm just a small town beer lawyer. I'm Mr. Zach Miller. <laughs> Your Honor, I was unaware I could not bring this child into a liquor store. Uh, number three on the list. There are two states that have two cities in the uh, the top ten. One we've already covered is Colorado, and coming in three, a former number one destination is Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, I thought you were going to say California. Whoa, Asheville, North Carolina. Or Smashville, if you're nasty. Ooh, Asheville has a lot of great breweries. Uh, one, I'm still waiting on the, it to come up here, and that's Wicked Weed. Wicked Weed was bought by AB InBev, and um, they've won multiple awards at the Great American Beer um, Festival. And I thought, surely, we're going to get something, some stuff from them. But we really, uh, high wire we've gotten as of late. Um, also, I think New Belgium was one of the things that we got to get. Uh, when I was down there, Zillicoa is a really good brewery, and Burial Beer Company is another good one. Beating out Asheville, North Carolina, is St. Louis, Missouri. That's number one? That's number two. Number two. Number wow. two. And you look down at the, uh, just just a little little bit, little jump over the river from the, the St. Louis airport, there's Side Project, which is a massive craft beer uh, brewery. Not in size, but they do really, really crazy stuff. Four Hands Brewing Company. They have, Schlafly has a tap room downtown. There's that tiny one, Anheuser-Busch. Sits right there in yeah, St. Just, Louis. Yeah, it's nestled right there in the heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the number one craft beer destination uh, in the entire United States for 2021 is Grand Rapids. Whoa. Now that I agree with. I used to live in Grand Rapids, and it was fun because it was that was right before the craft beer explosion. But they had, they had founders, and that was a big deal. And that was... I mean, more or less it. And then, like, the day I moved, they started popping up craft breweries. Uh, Harmony Brewing downtown is a lot of fun. Brewery Vivant is great if you like farmhouse ales and sours. Yeah. You go a little bit north of there, up in Comstock Park, there's Perrin, which is a very Three Floyds vibe. If, you have, if you've ever been to a, you know, if you've ever drank at a business park, you're going to love it. <laughs> but they've still got founders. There's a New Holland, uh, uh, like a post-up brewery there. It's a Knickerbocker, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that Grand Rapids had going for it was that was the origination of Hopcat, right? Yeah, that was the very first, the very first Hopcat before they expanded to Detroit. I think they are now in what Nashville and Indy. And in, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So the OG Hopcat's up there, and uh, there's a really great beer bar downtown called Stella's. But uh, again, all of these things, almost all of them, opened after I left. Oh, so I'm low key crediting myself with making Grand Rapids a hell of a craft beer destination. I left, and they're like, "Do it, Mitten Brewing Company, Let's Grand do Rapids, it. Elk Brewing, Grand Rapids." Uh, Ever had the Bob Brewery? Uh, you worked across from the Bob there for a while, right? Yeah, when I went to the Bob, it was mainly because there were uh, there was a concert or somebody was playing a small show inside. Doctor Grin's Comedy Club inside the Bob was always a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah, now they've got their own brewery. Just It they, looks like a small little place. Yeah, I, I think they've changed it since then, but the Bob was set up in such a way where like, there's a different club entertainment venue on every level, 
but there's that big stairwell that connects them all. And like once every 16 or 18 months, somebody would fall to their death from like the top floor inside. Yikes. And half the time it was a 21 year old kid celebrating his birthday. So, oh man, I think they fixed that or put up nets or glass or something. <laughs> we'll catch you if you fall. Hey, great end of the segment. All right. One of my favorite segments to get to is where I got to tell you about what's coming up because stuff is actually coming up. We spent a whole year talking about. Well, we can't do this, and this is canceled, and I don't know how we're going to find a way of doing this. The first couple of news and notes segments after the pandemic were super downers. Oh, depressing. Because <laughs> you know, yep. it wasn't, here's what's coming up, it's here's what's being canceled. This, 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 this. We're not going to have anything for another nine months. Yeah, there was that sad string of like postponements. They're like, we're going to wait until June. Well, we're going to wait until September. Well, we'll push it to next year. But now, yeah, you're right. There are things coming. We've got uh, one thing that's coming back. This is a fan favorite from Ballast Point, and Ballast Point has their Sculpin series. Habanero Sculpin is coming back in a 16-ounce can. Hey. That one is spicy. It's been a long time since I've seen some Ballast Point on shelves around here. I know. I wonder if they they like, they like they got the biggest deal. I want to say it was $1 billion to console, Constellation Brewing or something like that. Yeah. And then you never like heard of them again. They, they kind of disappeared. Yeah, because that used to be one of the beers we'd, we'd, we'd kind of not, not go to, but we talked about quite a bit early on in the uh, Music to My Beers is because it was they were constantly releasing like a new Sculpin. Yeah, and they had they had their Eldorado um, beer that uh, I, I think I got it for four ninety nine for a four-pack at Martin's one time. It was being sold off, and it was watermelon Eldorado, and uh, it clocked in at like 11%. I thought that was huge. They make it Aloha Sculpin Hazy IPA. Oh, yeah. that sounds delicious. Maybe we should dig some of this up. I haven't either that or it's on shelves. We just don't notice it anymore because we're constantly looking for other things. I'm going to stop by and just see if if any of the bottle shops have it. And uh, I wonder who was carrying it there for a while. But uh, something that we can look forward to coming up a couple Sundays from now, after the show, just beginning at noon, going till four, is Patio Pups 2021. You can bring your dog to the Lauber in. Um, uh, in South Bend, right next there to the Citywide. Bring your pups for a Metazoa um, uh, beer tasting. They're going to have a uh, second dog adoption event with the South Bend Animal Rescue. Um, so, And all the Metazoa stuff's home runs. Oh, my goodness, yes. And I didn't realize this. They donate 5% from every sale to an animal like Refuge or something with the wildlife organizations. Uh, you would have known that if you flipped over the can and read it, Zach. Oh, I'm terrible. Take your time with your beer. Don't chug it, you heathen. I know. Oh, man. And I just toss it, and I'm like, ah, that was that was good. Um, and then something we can look forward to is, I know we're a big part of the event, the Junior Achievement Wine and Beer Festival happening May 14th. Yeah, Four Winds Field downtown. Cannot wait. Dude, that's a bike ride away for us. <laughs> or Zach, a rollerblade away for Roller. us. <laughs> Could you imagine if I showed up on blades? Do you think they'll let me in with that? I think they'd have to let you in. Yeah. I don't I don't have it change his uh, shoes. It's like showing up at a rock concert with an enormous camera. Everyone just assumes you're a photographer and lets you backstage. Yes, and I can rollerblade to all the different tables that they have set up around the concourses. They're like, a man on rollerblades, clearly this is some sort of urban messenger. He's here to deliver <laughs> a telegram. Let him in. Um, so that's some stuff that we can look forward to in the coming weeks and months ahead. And if you see Sculpin anywhere, let us know, because I'd like to try the habanero again. Remember how hot it was. Perfect. That's going to do it for another week of Music to My Beers. Uh, we will see you back here, same bat time, same bat channel next week on behalf of Zach Miller and myself. And what's left of this beer? Cheers.
podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.